Welcome to Tales from the Abyss, the most unfiltered, unselfish, unapologetic, unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Tell him, Jay. Hey, folks, we're back. That's right. I am Jay Lindgren, along with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Pat Rojo. Welcome, folks. It's that time for another episode of Tales from the Abyss. And yes, we are doing a regular episode this time. Uh, we got something special lined up as well. We want to do another list episode where we have a top five of a specific topic that I think everybody's really going to like. We're going to talk about some good old-fashioned horror and anything else in between. So with that, my friend, I want to toss it over to you. Would you tell the folks what we're talking about tonight? Jay, our top five Stephen King movies. Beautiful. Beautiful. May have some buckets of blood in here, too, to talk about. Jay, as the we legendary... Might. The legendary Ric Flair wrestles one more time for Crockett Promotions this Sunday in Tennessee. Yep. The, well, the 31st. Oh, that's not this Sunday? I don't know the days that I live. Mm -mm. That's the following Sunday. But, uh, yep, July 31st, man, Ric Flair, 74 years old, wants to give it a go one last time. He looks strong. I mean, he looks okay, but I mean, I love Flair. I grew up with Flair. I will love Flair to the day I die. However, 74 years old in the ring, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, don't know. I understand it's going to be a tag match, so maybe you don't have to do that much. Oh, really? It's a tag match? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a tag match. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was a one-on-one. -on -one. But guess what? I'll be watching anyway. So It's a pay-per-view. You're going to buy the pay-per-view? Uh, yeah, well, I've got a means of getting it. Oh, okay. Okay, Jay. So, yeah, we're going to be doing the uh, the great uh, Stephen King, great writer, great imagination, you know, a once-in-a-lifetime man. It's a shame that he uh, he's entitled to do whatever he wants. That's the thing about you and me, Jay. We're American. We respect whatever the fuck people want to do. But it's a shame <laughs> that, uh, no, that now it's like he, it's like his biggest boogeyman is a guy that's not even in the White House. You know, like every time I see a post with him and everything, it's like something that has to do with Trump. Oh, I know. He's like uh, the I mean, CNN of, <laughs> he's, like, I mean, he's like the CNN of, uh, of great I writers. CNN, okay. <laughs> even CNN. Yeah, you mean the, the Comedy News Network? <laughs> a comedy. I watch it for comedy purposes, but nevertheless. A great writer, a once-in-a-lifetime writer that, you know, he can scare you. He can play with your emotions like no other. And uh, I think he said it once. He said, you know, I can go for the psychological thing to get you. And if that doesn't work, I don't mind getting a little bit dirty. But somehow, some way, I will play with your emotions and scare you. And boy, he has over a sheaf on such a, such a thing in his legendary career. So... Me and Jay, we have uh, our top five this evening. Well, hey, before we get into our list, though, I do have a couple honorable mentions to throw in there. Oh, please do. So I was writing down, you know, when we decided to do this show, I was brainstorming. I even went back and watched a few Stephen King movies just to kind of refresh myself on some things, you know. So I wrote down a list of about 11 or 12 movies and trying to cut that to five was really hard. So, uh, honorable mentions, though, this movie, I've got to mention um, Stand By Me, which is based on a short story or a little novella called The Body. Uh -huh. um, of course, Stand By Me, if, unless you've been li living on the planet Pluto for the past 30 years, Stand By Me is about a group of boys that uh, go out and look for a dead body, and it becomes like this big adventure, but 
the core of the movie is that group of boys and and it's fantastic so i still love that movie i, I think it came out in 86 and to this day it still holds up um i gotta mention christine because john carpenter is one of my all-time favorite filmmakers and he directed christine yes um i, I think if christine is made by somebody else it would have been shit ass terrible to be honest I mean, come on it's a car <laughs> it's a possessed car How's anybody going to take that seriously? But hey, to me, in my opinion, Carpenter pulled it off. Speaking of cars, I was in love with my car for a few days. With the tank being full like forever. And then I found out that the the needle was broken. Well, that does you no good. (laughs) Man, it's so dangerous to me. What are you supposed to do? I mean, you just drive it. I mean, Jesus, maybe your co-pilot. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I I drive with my crucifix hanging from my, uh, my mirror. Driving around with your hopes and dreams. (laughs) But I gotta, I gotta fix that. But man, it's getting dangerous in Charlotte. Like, like it used to be like the crackheads would come when you're feeling like I was feeling my gas tank this morning, right? In the uh, gas station next to Walmart, I was buying a few stuff. I wanted to have some tacos for dinner because it's my only of course, day off. Of course, tacos. I see tacos all your taco my, pictures. Yes, yeah, tacos every day with me. I don't know why, but I've been eating tacos for the, for most of my life. But um, man, the crackhead came over and he was like, "I was like, man, let me." I was feeling on the tank and it was like a thirty-five and it was still going. I was like, "Get the fuck away from me, dude!" No kidding. It's like, leave me hell alone. I'm going through some issues in here while I'm filling the tank. It's like this is rough. Like, man, we all need we all need gas stamps nowadays. Man, four fifty nine for a gallon of gas. Yeah, dude, I put what thirty or thirty five in my car not too terribly long ago, and what it got me was very disappointing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, and it's to the point now where the crackhead is coming in with his hands with a little bit of chain and change, and you're like, I'm like thinking about just snatching it out of his hands. No kidding. Oh my god. Gas. I mean, we're going to have to start ciphering out of, like, lawnmowers and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell. Where's my weed eater? Oh, God, they got gas. <laughs> it's a shame that my weed eater, my weed eater gas that I got in the garage got out. Uh, you know, you got to put it, you got to mix, mix it with it. oil. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. If not, I would already place it in my vehicle. <laughs> 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 For survival reasons. But yeah, nevertheless, Christine, yeah, Christine is a good real one. Real quick, uh... I can tell this is going to be a good show because the movie Kickboxer just came up on my TV. Oh, so you're going to be talking and watching Kickboxer? Oh, no, I don't have the volume. I mean, I've seen uh, the movie a thousand times anyway. So. <laughs> no, but so far you gave you gave us two good ones. 1986, uh, Stand By Me, great movie. Yeah, and Christine, and I also want to mention The 19- Green Mile. Oh, yeah. And just because great performances, Tom Hanks, the late, great Michael Clark Duncan. Um, You also have Barry Pepper and uh, James Coburn and uh, what's the other guy's name? I forgot the other guy's name. The guy that plays Brutus. Brutus is my cat. Nobody's playing Brutus. Yeah, but The Green Mile is excellent. Wonderful, wonderful movie. And the last one I do want to mention is It and not the new one. I mean the old early '90s one that was actually released on yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David, yeah, uh, by the way, Tim, Tim Dave, Curry as Pennywise. Yep. As to this day, still one of the top three things that frightens me. Yes, sir. Absolutely. David Morse it played uh, Brutus. David Morse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, yes. He was also in The Rock and some other stuff. But, yeah. 
but yeah, great uh, the Green Mile, great performances, you know, all around award winning movie, and then it, the classic uh, TV two part miniseries from back in the day. Yeah, oh god, Tim Curry is Pennywise, just unforgettable. No, Tim Carey, he plays in one movie that I like. I think it's uh, it's a whodunit movie. I can't believe I fuck up every time I every time the show starts. Clue, uh, Clue, yeah, man, I love that movie, bro. It was yeah, that movie's that movie's gained a quite the cult following. Man, I've been a fan of that movie since the first time that I that I watched it years ago, and uh, man, Carey shines on that one. I don't think I've seen it since I was probably about 10 years old. I probably need to rewatch, huh? Yeah, he shines on that one. That's such a good movie. Yeah, Tim Curry's great, man. I mean, even in the smaller roles that he's done over the years. I mean, you know, I used to be a big fan of the show Roseanne. And, uh, oh, he used to show he up a, in it? He had a small story arc in, I think it was season five, I think. Uh, and it was he was just phenomenal. Um, he's also been in other movies too. Like he was, a, he had a bit part in Charlie's Angels. Yes, if, if anybody likes that, <laughs> I didn't. But you know, yeah, he's worth it just because of him. It's worth yeah. watching. But anyway, do you have any honorable mentions? Anything before we get to our list? You know what, Jay? Um, honorable mentions. Um, I would have to say. Uh, God, I would have to say uh, fucking Pet Cemetery. Okay. Uh, thinner. Thinner. I, and, oh, I watched that this past week, and I also watched uh, Silver Bullet. Oh, man. Uh, well, I'll leave it at that. I, but Max- I almost had Silver Bullet in my top five. Oh, uh, well. Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> oh, my. Isn't that the one where Stephen King directed himself and he did it because he said he was on a lot of cocaine? <laughs> yes, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, cat, eye, cat Eyes. Cat's Eye, yeah. Yeah, Needful Sings. You know, okay. there's so many good things. But, um, you know, it's The Running Man. Oh, yeah, writing under his pseudonym, Richard Bachman. Yep. Yep, that is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, you can't. Uh, well, I'm, the movie's completely different from the book, folks. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I heard. It's like night and day different. But Jay, you want me to start with my number five? Yes, sir. Let's get into it. It's always a good show when we're like ten minutes into the show. We haven't even covered what we came in here for. So that's usually a sign that we're uh, that we're on top of our game for this one. It's Kickboxer, man. It's because Kickboxer's on. Um, my number five, Jay, is uh, Carrie, nineteen seventy six, supernatural horror. Brian De Palma is the director, and you know I'm a big fan of Brian De Palma. Yeah, man, one of the great masters of uh, suspense. Yeah, I like the way he ends all his uh, his movies. I mean, he doesn't believe in happy endings. He's, that's not no. Happy. <laughs> Brian De Palma um, is actually one of those directors that was kind of way ahead of everybody else yeah yeah i like though and this is uh you know american film institute uh it's uh one of the hundred uh movies that they have uh called one of the best hundred movies of the last 100 years and rightfully so and i will tell you my thoughts on carrie when we get to it (laughs) so that's 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 the god that's my number five i mean uh CC Spacek truly shines on this. John Travolta is in it. Um, That's right. He played the boyfriend, small part. Yeah. Yeah. PJ Souls is in it. But the coup de grace, the best performance has got to be Piper Laurie as Mrs. White. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, Piper Laurie stole the show with this. Oh, yeah. This is just, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it's the same set that go on in life, you know? They were well, picking yeah, on girl, her. Yeah, they were picking on the wrong on the wrong girl, and she turned out that she had superpowers, and she just destroyed each and every one of them at the prom. Yep. And I'm glad she did. It's like yep. the ultimate revenge movie. It is, and one of the first of its kind, believe it or not. How so, well, at number five, I have Pet Cemetery. Mm, I don't even have that. And no, not the recent version that came out a couple years ago. I mean, the 1989 Mary Lambert directed thriller that scared the shit out of me as a child. Um, Pet Cemetery is just outstanding to me as far as horror. It's got a great creepy feeling to it. Uh, because of the movie, I went back and read the book. So, um, the book is in the movie. I mean, there are some differences, like most of them are, but uh, but there's actually a lot of similarities too. But the movie is just it stars Dale Midkiff as this doctor moves family to a small town. And they got a little boy, and they also have a young uh, daughter that's older. Um, they move in across the street from a, kind of a, an elderly but friendly fella played by uh, Fred Gwynn, and they live on this street where all these big trucks come by and find out there's a pet cemetery, you know? And then we eventually find out that dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Pet Cemetery, great, great fright film. It's actually a good book as well. Um, and I know they made a Pet Cemetery 2 that yes. came out a few years after this. I think I watched it once and refused to watch it again because I had nothing to do with the original. But uh, yeah, Pet Cemetery, it's it's good to shit out of me as a child, and it, and to this day, it's very very effective. Mm. Wow. You want to go with my number four? Hit it, number four. Uh, Cujo. It still scares me to this day. I mean, it's just. Hey. I forgot about Cujo, yeah, but you're right. Go ahead. This guy's just, I mean, we're talking about a legend here, this man with his writing. Um, yeah, man, it's like Louis T. Uh, directed, uh, you know, who would have thought about this? I mean, I guess the Chinese Communist Party and Dr. Fauci, a, 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 a bat that infects a dog and the dog just goes crazy. Attacks this woman and her little boy in a yeah, car. Yeah, and she was committing adultery with this other man that was the, the dude uh, that was going around town just being a Casanova. This is uh, this is intense, man. This this movie was... Uh, and to have that imagination, to, to be able to write something that has a dog in it that's just totally savage. This is a strong dog to begin with. I mean, they we're talking about a massive monster of a dog, like a bear. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, and this is before special effects. Yeah. This is before effects where you could do mechanical stuff or CGI stuff or exactly. whatever. I mean, this is a real St. Bernard. Yeah, <laughs> and for you to be glued to the TV till this thing came to an end or imagine reading the book. Yeah. Yeah, this was great imagination, just, you know, oof, rabid bat. Ah, fucking bats, man. Oh, my God, between the bats and the, uh, yeah. 
the dog the dog get bit by a bat. Mm. Well, you know, I'm surprised they, they, they didn't call him the Cujo because that's I'm, one of the ones I forgot about. <laughs> surprised so. they didn't throw they didn't close down the country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So because of the gap we're saying, uh, My number four is actually a movie we just talked about. Carrie. Carrie's your number four. Is my number four. Um, you we hit it earlier. Sissy Spacek, John Travolta, Piper Laurie, so on and so forth. Great cast, great writing. Um, I think I think the most bad thing that anybody says about this movie is maybe they talk about the pacing of the movie in the beginning. Um, and it's true. I mean, in parts it doesn't move like a horror movie. It moves more like a, uh, you know, like kind of like a suspense thriller type thing. But then once you get to that high school and that pig blood falls, I mean, everybody's in for a treat after that. But the thing that makes Carrie so special is the images, like the images of Carrie walking out of the high school covered in blood with the, you know, high school up in flames. That's right. She kind of like creepily like walks down the street and then gets home and, you know, off of her, which that's probably the most easy blood I've ever seen wash off of anybody ever. But uh, I'm not picking. <laughs> but uh, seeing the with the house uh, collapsing, killing Carrie and her mother, and then you know, of course, she had the big jump scare when Carrie's hand reaches through the grave. Mm-hmm. So Carrie's just outstanding, and I said earlier, Brian De Palma, when I said that he was way ahead of everybody else. And, that meaning that his visionary style, um, nobody else was doing like the whole split screen stuff. You know what I mean? So you can see two or three things going on at one time. Absolutely. So, but Carrie, outstanding movie, great performances. Jay, at my number f- three now, yeah, it's going to be from 1994, and that was one great year for American cinema. You talking about Forrest Gump was out there, Pulp. Feed. Pulp Fiction was out there, and I'm talking about the Shawshank Redemption. Ah, good call, my friend. Frank Darabont, the director. And this this movie is just special, man. This is not Stephen King's usual horror stuff, but it's just, it's still scary. It's still impactful. It was, I mean, I saw it in the movie theater twice. I love Shawshank Redemption, and I'll go into why a little bit later, because it's still on my list, too. Uh, It's on your list tonight? Yeah, it I'm is. glad it is. I'm glad it is because this is uh, yeah. truly a classic. This movie here is one of the few films. If you go to movie circles or talk to people who know a lot about movies and movie buffs like we are or nerds, however you want to put it. If you ask anybody, the, the, a lot of... The Democratic Party calls me Latinx. <laughs> I'm half Latinx. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> any other movie buff about some of the greatest films like ever made, a lot of those people say Shawshank Redemption. Absolutely. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a modern day classic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, um, I mean, Morgan Freeman, that's how he became a superstar. Right? Yeah. Even though Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins had been in movies for a while, it was that movie that kind of gave them more credibility. Yeah, now this movie immortalized uh, Morgan Freeman. He was already he was already top dog in the uh, New York stage scene. You know, he had done a lot of stage plays and stuff. But in the, the as far as the big screen went, this mm-hmm. was his point of no return. He never had to look back after this. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. True. This thing just, oof. It's one of the best, the best movies of that year. I mean, like I said, it was, it was a great year for movies that year. Pulp Fiction, uh, Forrest Gump. But this is still, this is still oh, one that stood yeah, up. Before, I remember very well, actually. Yeah, dude, I was pumped for the movie Speed the whole summer. Um, True Lies came out that summer, too. Yeah, it was a, it was a very good year for movies that year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, good call. More into Shawshank when I get to it, but I love that movie as well. How about what is your next one, Jay? Number three is The Mist. Wow, I love it. I don't and have it in mind, but it's good. The Mist is one of the reasons why I'm a huge Thomas Jane fan. Um, I know Thomas Jane played Frank Cashel, the Punisher, in the movie uh, a few years before this, but yeah. his role in The Mist is outstanding. Uh, the whole setup for The Mist is awesome. It's just a bunch of, you know... Townspeople trapped in a in a grocery store because this weird mist rolls through town and brings all these monsters in. Well, that's basically what it's about. But it's also got a deeper story. It's also it's a movie about more morality. And it's also it's also about religion. It's all, it's got some other stuff thrown in there to keep things moving along. But the mist is is great. I own it myself on Blu-ray, and I have two versions of it. I have the regular theatrical version, and I have the special black and white version as well and of course people talk about the ending to the mist and how dark it is but to me i love it because it fits the film perfectly and by the way the mist is also directed by frank darabont absolutely absolutely great great movie uh, i i saw it in the movie theater um you know it has an impactful ending real strong ending actually that's a very strong ending. This is 2007. Probably, yeah. probably the best science fiction movie that came out that year. I, I don't probably know. Was that 2000, oh, man, 2007? I was in Iraq. Oh, so you actually saw it once you came back home. I think I saw it on a bootleg copy over there. Because, you know, they have these little shops set up. You can buy DVDs for like three, two, three bucks. Now, hold on. Hold on now. Hold on. Uh -huh. I might have been a criminal back then doing bootlegs and being a pirate in another state, which the statutes of, who the, <laughs> the statutes of limitation have passed. But besides yeah. my little money scheme, I always did send movies to the troops. So you might have had one of mine in your possession. But the fact oh, that you uh, said that it wasn't that good of a copy, uh, it wasn't mine because I was tough nuts. Even then, I was a true gangster. I would never I, take nobody's money for a crappy movie. But no, more man, of that in the future straight, as the original yeah, as the original me takes over, the the mask comes off, and I come as myself next year. I'll go more into details here and there. Uh -huh. But nevertheless, Jay, I'm glad that somebody had the decency to send the uh, an award that I didn't believe in because I don't believe in wars by Dick Cheney and George Bush, but I support the troops because that's what a decent human being would do. Well, I appreciate it, man. And I'll tell you what, those pirated movies came in handy. <laughs> I believe they did. I you may have to watch did. one with somebody's head at the very bottom of the screen. No, mine didn't have that, so you didn't have one of mine. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if you had one of mine, you would have been in good shape. I hear you. Oh, man, everybody, man people are all into, was it Napster and LimeWire? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and some other stuff. That, you know, and everybody did it. Who didn't? Yeah. Who didn't? 
I mean, I did it. Hell, we're getting right. I did. I saved a lot of money that way. <laughs> You're entitled. My next one, Jay, is uh, from Dan at Atius. I hope I don't mess his mess his name up but uh written by stephen king of course and is uh based on a book uh cycle of the werewolf and it's silver bullet i think this is one of the most underrated movies and and probably stories from stephen king ever because this thing is just i mean it's the first time that we have a hero in a horror movie that is in a wheelchair uh, that silver bullets the movie i watched a couple nights ago I don't blame you. I, at least I, I get to see it once in a while. I mean, it, it had been last year was my first time watching that movie in years or maybe it was during the pandemic that I I came across Silver Bullet and I even forgot about it. How good of a werewolf movie this is. Man, I laughed my ass off at Gary <laughs> Busey in this movie. I did. <laughs> Gary, I did. <laughs> Uncle Red. <laughs> oh my God, dude. He tells that bar joke. I was cracking. I about fell off my head. I was dying. Oh, go red, man. Corey Haynes. But, hey, yeah, good call on Silver Bullet. And I completely agree. Heavily, heavily, heavily underrated. Very underrated. Terry O'Quinn is Cherry Joe Heller. Man, this was a... This was a good movie, man. It was just a good short movie. Uh, film in, in Wilmington, North Carolina, 1984. And, man, that was a good movie. I really. However, like I'm pretty sure. Oh, what's his name? Um, in the wheelchair. What's his name? Marty. I'm pretty sure his uh, gas-powered wheelchair is not street legal. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be surprised what's street legal these days. The way because this- I remember watching that thing, and there ain't no way. So somebody would have pulled on it. There wasn't even a license plate on it. Oh, that thing could whole ass, boy. And I think it was getting up to like 55 and 60. <laughs> yeah. We need to like, find hey, out. Hey, man, I have Gary Busey tune my car and let's see what happens. <laughs> we need to find out what the gas mileage is. Maybe I'll start using that to get to work and back. <laughs> in the words of Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber, I can get five, five miles to the gallon on this hog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. The but yeah, good of number life. two, Silver Bullet is actually one of the first Stephen King movies I ever like really remember watching absolutely because it's I mean it's horror but it's good for all ages is yeah I like the end too the reverse werewolf effect when uh-huh. they shoot him with the bullet and then it turns back into the preacher yeah <laughs> and then we find out who he was all along yeah yeah a douchebag <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely big hairy douchebag and I did have one other question about silver bullet like, okay, you know, remember, I thought it was an effective scene, you know, when the lynch mob gets together and they go out to the woods in the fog. Mm-hmm. Now, normally fog wouldn't come in that low, would it? I don't believe so. Because that's where the werewolf was hiding in the fog. Yep. To take out all these townspeople looking for this thing. Yep. Because the werewolf had taken out like half the town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think, but, you know, it's a movie. They had to do it that way, but, yeah, the fog never. I was just like, I've never seen fog come in at waist high and that be completely clear from your waist up. That's right. And that, dude, I live in Georgia. I see steam and fog and human shit all the time. I've never seen No, that. me too here, bro. It just rains most about every afternoon, and you see that steam come out of the ground like, like nobody's business, bro. It's crazy. Uh, who knows? Anyway, it's hot. They they shut down. Too. They shut down a uh, 
an airport in England today because it was real hot. I was like, man, how hot was it? Because here in America, they don't have dick. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we live in we live in in real bloody hot weather. Yeah, and nobody's yeah. shutting down shit over here. Shit, man. It'll be 88 degrees, but yet 100 and feel like 112. Yeah, just eat a, I mean, drink a beer. I'm having a big shout out to Topo Chico. It's the hard seltzer. No, it's the seltzer water that I'm a big fan of from Mexico for many years. But now they do hard seltzer. Mm. And strawberry guava, man, this thing is delicious. They do a, they do an orange one that is real good, too. For some reason, all whether it has alcohol or not, Jay... But all the, um, the and I, I drink bubbly most about every day, all the uh, the club sodas and the that are flavor and the sparkling waters that are flavor, for some reason they have never been able to capture the lime or lemon flavor in it. Any other flavor, they can place it in there and they can capture it to perfection. But lime and lemon, for some reason, it doesn't work real good. So I guess you didn't like it either? No. <laughs> If it has lime or lemon, no, it's not for me. Any anything else, it tastes delicious. Like I even buy one that has honeysuckle flavor, and it tastes good. But okay. <sighs> but what can you do? So Jay, I'm gonna move to my number one, and this one I have talked about it many times. I think you pro pretty much probably know the one that I'm about to drop here because it's the the movie that really scared the life out of me my whole childhood, and mm -hmm. I'm talking about uh, Salem's Lot. I knew it. I knew it to be Salem's Lot because I thought about you the other day because they're doing another Salem's Lot movie and they just have to <laughs> they can keep it down production for some reason. I wish they just burn whatever they have recorded and throw it in the garbage and let's pretend they never did. I mean, it's like, you know, I go over this shit most about every other week on this show. Like, there's yeah. things in life that you cannot copy that it's just not even worth trying to redo. And Salem's Lot is one of those horror movies that I could never bring myself to a movie theater to watch them, to watch the movie and, and expect to enjoy it. Like, I already know the real one is out there. Like, I own it. Yeah. Tope Hooper uh, directed uh, David Saul, James Mason. Um, man, this is... Hey, so I'm watching Salem's Lot tonight when we get done. <laughs> My God. Oh, you had never seen it? I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, my God, Jay. It's one of the greatest vampire movies ever, man. I was thinking of something else. I don't know what I was I mean, No, it was first released on television in a number of episodes, two episodes. It was released as a miniseries, but, you know, you can uh -huh. find the whole thing. And this okay. is just, I uh, mean, oh, my God. The first man, time I you, came across it. You brought out some good Stephen King shit tonight, man, for real. Yeah, dude. I mean, this is like Salem's Lot is just... Like, I wouldn't even, like, I don't even know. I guess money, I guess, but I wouldn't even dare touch it. Yeah. It's one of those that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, there's things, I don't know. They can never be another Guns N' Roses or Rolling Stones or right. Run DMC or the Fat Boys or. Right. There's only one, you know, Elvis Presley or. Yeah. Big shout yeah. out to the people who did the Elvis Presley movie. I highly enjoyed it. I have not seen it yet. It was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. You, you got to see a, a a very entertaining movie about the king. I did watch the newest Jurassic Park. Ooh, uh, I haven't or Jurassic heard Jurassic World or Jurassic Island, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> I haven't heard anything good about it, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. 
It was okay. It was okay. Okay, that's good. This way. Long story short. Long story. It was better than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. But then again, pretty much every movie ever made is better than Lost <laughs> Well, I'm glad you enjoyed or it. Or Fallen Kingdom, excuse me, whatever. Wow. Anyway, but well, yeah. um, I guess to finish out my list here, I, my number two, um, I have The Shining. Great And movie. of course, I'm talking about the 1980, 1980 Stanley Kubrick, Jack Nicholson version. Absolutely. Uh, is there another my version? Understanding that Mr. Stephen King didn't like the movie because it got away from the book a lot, which it does. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. Mr. King is correct on that. However, like, think about it though. I mean, Stanley Kubrick, one of the most, the great, one of the great filmmakers ever of our time. Absolutely. Jack Nicholson giving a performance of a lifetime. In my opinion, I know he's been in some other good movies like Chinatown and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Easy Rider. Yeah, he's also in a. Priest's yeah, Honor. Yeah. Yeah. So, Honor was great. He had a good filmography going into The Shining, but man, he nails Jack Torrance down to a T. Man, Shelley Duvall's greatest movie ever. Shelley Duvall is the only bad part about that movie. I know people people pick on her, but I, I really like her on this. I'm not trying to pick on her. I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying people in general, they say that they don't like the way she looks and this and that. Oh, uh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't. I just thought that there could have been somebody better for the role. But that's why I'm doing a podcast and sitting on my couch and not working in Hollywood. So. <laughs> I mean, I like everything about this movie. It's not on my list because I tend to go a little bit. Uh, I went on this in a different direction. But uh, I know even when they did that Dr. Sleep, it had a lot of people raving about it. Dr. Sleep was good. Yeah. I thought it was a very somewhat sequel to The Shining. I mean, they go back to the Overlook and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I thought Ewan McGregor as Danny Torrance, you know, an adult Danny Torrance is awesome. Uh, I understand there's also like a three-hour director's cut. I have not seen it. I've seen it. But, I, but I've heard that it's, you know, it's, it's really nothing special. It just makes the movie longer because maybe itself's already almost two and a half hours as it is. Oh, yeah. This is, this thing goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. But Doctor Sleep was pretty good. And uh, But, yeah. And, oh, before I get to my number one, there's one movie we haven't talked about yet or mentioned in anything. The late great James Kahn in Misery. Yep, we never mentioned that one, and we we should because uh, that one has a cult following. And um, oh yeah, man, Kathy Bates proving that unattractive people can still act. <laughs> <laughs> and that movie was uh, it had a great great reception on the uh, it has endured the test of time. Yeah, I like Misery a lot. To be honest with me, it plays a lot like a you know theatrical play. Yeah. Um, which I think they have done a Broadway play, and if I'm not memory serves, no, they have, they have the James Kahn character. Yeah, they have because that's that movie is basically that's what it's good for. It's just for a play because it's, you're talking about only two people in it. Yeah, in like three or four settings, maybe. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. But definitely, 
you know, the, the shining National Film Registry by the, by the Library of Congress, uh, culturally, historically significant, 30, 39 years after the original film, a sequel, Dr. Sleep, was released in November 8, 2018, as we had uh, discussed. And uh, I don't know how much of a sequel it can be without Jack Nicholson being in it or, or whatnot. But, uh, man, this is indeed a... Uh, Memorable movie, something that you, if you've seen it once, you'll never forget it. Yeah, I own The Shining on Blu-ray as well. It's it's Ooh. a, it's one of those movies where it would look good on either thirty-five millimeter, or you can watch it on the most clear four K Blu-ray thing you got. E either way, the movie looks great. One of the seventy-five movies' greatest greatest films of all time is what is being called. Oh, dude, it's a it's a complete mindfuck. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I yes, mean, it is. Uh, it's indeed uh, a, a great, great, great movie. Great movie. This so my, that leaves my number one, and my number one is the Shawshank Redemption. I don't which, which we you know we covered a little bit a little while ago, and yeah, it's 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 a great movie, man. It's just wonderfully acted and written, directed the whole nine. It's just. It's, it's one of those few movies where everything kind of came together and clicked. Yeah, no, abs absolutely. That one is, uh, that movie, man, I, it just really doesn't have any flaws. And it's really, it's, in my opinion, the greatest, easily the greatest prison movie ever made. Could easily be. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what else? What other prison movies? Oh, maybe Cool Hand Luke, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's that would be the hardest the hardest part to put it above uh, Cool Hand and Luke. Yeah, damn, because Cool Hand and Luke is such a good movie. Yeah, Paul Newman's the shit in that yeah. movie, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get. Yeah, look, man. man, I bet back in the day when that movie The Towering Inferno came out in like the mid seventies, and they and, and these people go to the flock to the theaters. Man, all those women walked out pregnant after watching Steve McQueen and Paul Newman on the same screen. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that movie is uh wow. Absolutely. I still love Towering Inferno. No, absolutely absolutely. But this this you 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 hit the nail on the head. This should be uh easily a number one on anybody's top five of Stephen King movies. Yeah, Sh uh, Shawshank Redemption. I I rewatched it I don't know, probably maybe a year ago, I guess. Not too terribly long ago, and it's still just a great movie. Period. I mean, it's it's up there, man. As far as some of the greatest films out there. Period. Not mean not just Stephen King, but just I compared up against us to some of the other greats in Hollywood history, and it it stands up. And I completely agree with them. Ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Now the tomatoes that are rotten. <laughs> Oh boy, well, we need to start our own man. We'll just call it. We'll call it uh, rotten apple. <laughs> rotten apples. Yeah. Probably make some money out of it. Yeah, yeah, and if it's a really good movie, you can give them caramel apples. <laughs> ah, for the sweetness, absolutely. Yeah, yeah man, let's bring a little sugar on top. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So Jay, any parting shots in here so we can wrap it up? Yeah, it's been great, man, being back and doing this thing our normal way this week. No, but yeah, but, but we gave it a different dimension last week. It was pretty good. 
the oh the fifty fifty show. Yeah, we the fifty fifty show wasn't bad. Yeah, I did my top five Stallone movies, and um, you you gave your take on the new Doctor Strange. Oh, Doctor Strange, because it's better to do the new take on Doctor Strange, because I don't think we're gonna be able to. Uh, I don't think that new Rob Zombie monster movie is gonna be uh, <laughs> something that I, we're gonna be covering it here. Well, I want. Did you see the new trailer for the Rob Zombie? Yeah, for the monsters. Yeah. No, it's like I always said. There's some things that you cannot. Uh, <laughs> well, after watching that trailer, there's also certain things you can't unsee. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking so, of trailers, uh, next week we should have an update and our our thoughts on the uh, on the Halloween trailer. I I saw something that was posted today. I think it was from you. Somebody gave Halloween Ends a bad review. Oh man, it's always gonna happen, bro. Oh, it always happens. Always. Yeah, it's always gonna happen. It's 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 that is you don't even have to. I mean, it's. Nah, that's just something that's gonna happen. This, it's not. I don't even. I don't even put it no. Give it no mind. It's just. It may happen. Hey, we we finally got uh What you were talking about, Jay? Absolutely, you were telling us uh, the truth. Uh, Ric Flair's uh, last match is gonna be Ric Flair and Andrade the Idolo, which is his uh, son-in-law, versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, that's going to be the tag team match um, that you were referring to. J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Yep. With my baby tonight. I mean, it would have to be a tag. Ain't no way in hell Flair could go 10 minutes at 74 years old. Oh, he's in good shape. You'd be surprised what he can do. Yeah, I, I'm, my right hand's in good shape, too. But, I mean, I don't say much about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. But definitely, definitely I'm going to be looking forward to seeing the Ric Flair's final uh, go at it right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching that. I, mean, I can't, that's just something I can't turn away. Just the interviews alone from it were worth, uh, are worth the match. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean... Do I think it's going to be a shit show? Yes, I do. But then again, I'm a Falcons fan, and they're going to be a shit show too. So let's go ahead and get started. Yeah, speaking of, my Panthers will be beating up on the Falcons this year, and Jay will have to deal with it, and Jay is going to be content with it. Hopefully, we we will agree on one thing, roll tie, and by the end of the college football season, the Crimson Tide will be holding the national championship once again and defending the world from bad and ignorant football players. And we're talking about, of course, the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anybody but them. That evil empire. That that's. It's, I'm about to say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Dun 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 da da. Here they come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got most people quaking in their boots. Oh my god! Everybody's buying into this notion that they're going to win it again. Oh. Uh, my opinion, from what I've been, I keep up with all this stuff a lot. So, from what I am reading so far. Because we're still about six, about six weeks away, I think six to seven weeks away from the start of the season. Six weeks, four days. So yeah, so I mean we're we're getting close, and I'm telling you right now, Georgia's probably going to win the SEC East. 
only because, in my opinion, most of the great talent is found in the SEC West, which is the division Alabama plays in. And Bama, for the first time really in a while, they actually they have quite a bit of people returning from this past year's team. Mm-hmm. When Georgia beat Bama's you know, junior varsity league because of all the injuries. Uh-huh. But uh, so I'm thinking it's going to be Alabama and Georgia again in the SEC title game. Um, it's going to be very interesting in a few years when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC because I honestly think that all this college football realignment stuff is just getting started. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um Texas is going to be a powerhouse when they join the SEC. Uh, they got, what's his name, Manning? Well, be, beyond that, beyond that. Yeah, they got Arch Manning, um, which has really already has really helped their recruiting. Yep. So, yeah, give Texas two, three years. They're going to be really good. Um, as far as coming up here, uh, Bama's – uh, Texas, I hate them. I can't stand Jimbo Fisher, but Texas A&M is going to be a pretty good team this year. Um, they beat Alabama last year, as a matter of fact. So, But uh, A&M is going to be good out of the SEC West. Arkansas is a program that's on the way up. LSU just hired Brian Kelly as the head coach, and he can recruit his ass off. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a tight race in the SEC West, though. I'm sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be fun. I'm not looking forward to watching my Falcons get pummeled every other week. But By the Panthers, twice in one season. Yeah. Are you talking about with Baker Mayfield? Yeah. Baker, Baker, the touchdown maker? Yeah. All right. He's overrated. All right. We're going to see. So, folks, for the great Jay Lenderman, I am what was left of me because it's coming to an end. <laughs> but until until December the fifteenth, what I will be doing uh, with Jay our last show of the year, I am Powell Rojo, letting everyone know stay safe out there, America. We'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>